podcast. I wanted to do things a little different this week. Basically, even though I know again that my podcast only started in October, I thought it'd be a little more fun to do kind of an end of year wrap up, personal wins, biking wins, um, a fun little game and round it all out. And I wanted to do that with a fun host. So I have PQ coming back and joining me again. Welcome back. This has been a very exciting year in biking, in life, in everything. Um, As a little behind the scenes for everybody, we are uh, doing a, excuse me, a remote recording. I am at my sister's house and PQ is at their house. And I have two dogs with me at the moment who are hopefully pacified by the bones that I gave them. But if you hear weird noises in the background or banging, that is a bone falling on the ground. Um, Barker lounger. <laughs> total Barker loungers. And there may be barking at some point when my sister and my nephew come home. Well, let's just jump right in. I thought it'd be fun to start with some personal wins. Do you want to go first and then I'll follow up? Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, I have... Uh, a handful of personal wins this year. All of them have wheels because that's what my life looks like. Um, Boy, all the way back in March, somebody decided that it was a good idea to pay me to fix other people's bicycles. I have done a lot of small scale stuff, um, but I wasn't confident that I could actually work as a mechanic. And not only am I still doing it almost nine months later, but I get to stay on for the winter, which means I'm now getting paid to learn even more stuff, which is incredibly cool. And I'm really enjoying that. Plus, I get paid to hang out with you and teach children how to ride bikes safely and navigate safely because exercise is, I'm not going to say exercise is dumb, but I really like exercise when it's disguised as fun things and when it's the way that it's helping you navigate the city. And so being able to pass that joy on to a further generation has been so, so, so gratifying. Uh, So the fact that somebody thinks that it's a good idea for us to pass on those values to the next generation and the students that we're working with are seem really receptive to it has been incredibly gratifying. Uh, On that same note, Friends of mine who belong to Skull, which is uh, Somerville's friendly neighborhood bicycle chopper gang, uh, started a splinter group that rides on Sunday morning. And so my partner and I invited his brother and sister-in-law, who, because my partner and I aren't married, I refer to as my outlaws. And they have two children. They have a five and a half year old and a three year old. And so they've been joining us on these Sunday morning once a month rides. The five year old has done self propelled rides 
as far as from Arlington to the pump track in Alston by your house. Uh, so I think he's done up to five or six miles self-propelled. And the younger nephew has thus far been on the back of his mom's bike. But just recently, in the last couple of weeks, he started understanding how his Strider bike works. And we're hoping that next year he'll be able to ride on a trailer bike because every couple days he'll look at his mom and say, hey, mom, well, in toddler speak, but hey, mom, I know it's cold, but when it's warm out again, can we go back to riding with bones? Oh, my God, that's so cute. And he's super excited about that, which is the cutest. Um, my partner and I also had the opportunity to take a vacation this year for the first time in a couple of years. So, of course, that was on bicycles, too. We drove up to Bethel, Maine, and we rode the Cross New Hampshire Adventure Trail, which, if you haven't done, do it on a gravel bike. Uh, I, I built one up out of a 1986 Cannondale mountain bike. It's a really funny frame geometry, but it's super, super comfy. Uh, but it's an 89-mile gravel trail that's all on, not entirely, but like 90% of it is off-road on uh, old railroad beds and it is pretty much gravel the whole way some of them are mixed use atv trails which we rode during the week so it wasn't a big deal we only encountered a couple of atvs i could imagine that on the weekends it might be busier but it's 89 miles each way so we went from bethel maine to woodsville new hampshire and then rode across this bridge into Vermont and back. Um, so it took us about three, three days out and two days back because I decided that I wanted to do a 70 mile day because I hate myself, uh, <laughs> which is the story of my life. It was so cool. And there's another, there's another length of it that goes from Vermont, uh, from the Woodsville, New Hampshire, border all the way out to Burlington, Vermont, uh, which I'd love to do the entire thing contiguously. But if you do the whole XNAT and you write to the lady who found it, uh, she'll send you a patch. Our patches are gorgeous. What? There is a real, there's an incredibly detailed website with bike shops, food, places to stay, supply ups, which was a huge big That's deal awesome. for us because we camped in the White Mountains. And one morning, Nick woke up. We were both hammock camping, but Nick woke up, and I went to join him in his hammock, and his hammock split down the middle, and oh, no. his butt was on the ground. Um, his hammock is eight or nine years old, mm. uh, but we were able to just stop and get him a new one, which that's awesome. Was we were really lucky because there wouldn't have been another option. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What was um? What was the highlight? It's a two-person hammock. I've slept with him in it before. Uh, the biggest highlight for us was that that those same friends who started this this Sunday morning ride happened to be camping at a cabin that was just a couple of miles uphill off of the the route, and so we ended up on the way back. We did like an entire, the whole reason we did the 70 mile day was because we went from the Vermont border back to where they were staying so that we could take a day off. Uh, and we ended up taking a couple of days off to stay with them. But we got there and my 
idea for a rest day meant that we did the last 20 miles the following afternoon, picked up our car and our gear and drove back and then hung out with them for like three days <laughs> and went hiking. And it was phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Super excited. We ended up getting to see uh, a bunch of my friends, some of our friends, but a bunch of folks who we didn't think we would run into that far north of our normal stomping grounds. And that was really gratifying. Um, some folks we hadn't seen since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, so that was really special. That's awesome. Um, I, I love those moments. I, uh, it was so funny. It was, yeah, it was really special. Um, let's see. I hit a hundred rides in Skull after six years. So that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Uh, which, you know, there's only so many Saturdays in a year. We don't ride all 12 months of the year. So it takes some time to, to hit that milestone. And um, what did I, I think, did I only do one century this year? Oh, I think I only did one century this year. We're aiming for one on New Year's Day. Uh, but it's going to be really cold. Oh, yeah. And I'll get... Uh, oh! Go ahead. And the last big thing that I did this year is I went to my first um, BMX racing practice. Oh! Uh, I'm hoping Are you getting to into racing? Start racing. I... Yeah, I talked about racing cyclocross for a long time, but I've got a lot of joint pain, and I'm pretty fragile, and I'm actually a little bit afraid of how violent cyclocross can be. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that people aren't out there punching each other, but people do fall yeah. and crash. Uh, so I've decided that I'm going to take up BMX racing instead, which is clearly 100% safer. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's my that's definitely smart. list of wins with wheels. Oh, before I get into my list, uh, something we were talking about off mic that I want to make sure we mention too is the fact that we both got to do group rides again. Um, after 2020, where oh, group riding kind of died off, we um, got a chance to actually lead rides, join rides, do rides together. Um, and that... Oh, gosh. It's been so great to do that again. I got into cycling because I didn't have a lot of friends, and it was a thing that I could do by myself. But the reason I've kept riding is because it's a thing that I can do with friends. Mm-hmm. And, and so... You know, just like in the last week, I led Skull's annual tour to Tacky. <laughs> yeah, I like looking at Christmas lights, but you know what's more fun than looking at Christmas lights by yourself? Having a bunch of your friends' hot beverages, cookies, chocolates, and listening to the most ridiculous Christmas covers, offbeat stuff, wearing your sweater, decorating your chopper in Christmas lights, that's way better than going and doing, and, uh, doing that by yourself. I'm so, so, so glad that came back this year. Please wear your masks, get your shots. I want to be able to keep doing fun things. Totally. That was all of my wins for the year. Uh, tell me about yours. Besides this phenomenal podcast, this is now the second time I've gotten to hang out and chat with you. Um, oh, thanks so much. You're doing big things. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say. Obviously, that's my first one. Um, mine also have lots of wheels in them. I think, uh, going back to the beginning of the year, I had kind of the same thing in terms of nephew wins. Mine's shorter just in the sense of it was really fun, especially in the, the 
thick of the pandemic pre-vaccines when we were really, really quarantined and I was just, you know, potting with my sister's family that I could go out for these fun little rides, like just to get my nephews out of the house. And that was always the best is just getting them to come out and ride their bikes with me. But they're, they don't ride quite as much as your little nephews, but I'm going to work on them. Um, the, the other big one, um, that can go all the way back to the beginning of the year on is my bike dog. Uh, Watson and I have been together for our over a year now. I got him November, 2020, which means, um, he got his bag last Hanukkah. So he has been a bike dog for a full year now. And this year I got my mom to get me a little like insulated insert so that he'll stay warm. I mean, we don't go far in the winter, but I still bike him around. You know, we still biked my sisters yesterday and I got him this cute little thing that goes over his ears to try and keep his head. You know, that's the last puzzle piece, right? It's keeping his ears warm um, when we're riding around. So he just looks so stinking cute in it. And I can take them all these places. So that was very exciting. I That's my big win is having a bike dog. It was really cold last week. So we were both a little lazy about getting out, especially with the holidays and everything being quiet. But we will be back out. Um, I took a mini video in the snow the other day. So uh, and don't worry, I made sure it wasn't slippery before I put a bike uh, dog on my back uh, riding around the snow. But yeah, I have a mini video that I'll definitely post on the socials or on Instagram because that's really the only social I do. And I'll, I'll let everybody see it, I promise. Um, I'll make sure to take more videos. Uh, the other big thing too on my list was the teaching. I you know, was lucky enough to, or fortunate enough, I should say, be in a situation where I was fun employed. So the good kind of unemployed that left me lots of time to be able to be one of the full-time teachers this past fall. I'm still torn about what I'm going to do in the spring when I have to separate my time between work and teaching, but hopefully I can go back and teach again this spring when they go back to Cambridge. Um, and then finally, uh, just because it's fun and I like doing it, I'm back on Zwift for the winter which is the online biking. It's kind of a gamified bike trainer system that you can do. So you can earn badges and all these things. And I just hit level 16. So that was kind of a big deal for me. I unlocked some cool, a cool new shades for my avatar. They look like Wayfarers, like the Ray-Bans. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. I made sure to equip them right away. It's really fun. You can ride with friends. You can ride by yourself. They do lots of events. I even did a ride where they had um, like they were playing a podcast while you're riding. So they were interviewing these badass women who are the people who actually make the different bike designs for live cycles um, and live bikes. That was fascinating. And it was um, this woman in China and this woman in another place. I forget where they both were, but they are, are part of the international team who do the design for the the bikes. And that was that was fascinating. So I, you know, I'm a big advocate. I would definitely say get on Zwift. It's really fun. It's an easy way to get a workout in the winter. Uh, yeah. Well, I think we both had some really awesome personal wins this year. How about we take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, you know, we just went through our personal recaps. I think we both had 
really great years. Thankfully, you know, in spite of the world crumbling down around us, we had great times. Um, so let's get into some biking recaps in terms of our favorite infrastructure wins. Obviously, we can't really list everything. And apologies if you hear children and dogs in the background. Uh, my nephew just got home. Uh, but, you know, our favorite infrastructure wins in terms of new bike lanes that have popped up, new bus lanes, whatever the case may be. So um, you went first last time. So I'm going to go first this time. There's been an explosion of biking this past year. Um, the uh, not Hubway, Blue Bikes. <laughs> Still can't get over that change. And I refuse to give up my green key. Um, it will still always be a hubway key for me. I side note, totally. Um, so the, the, I don't know if everybody knows what these keys look like, but they're these long, thin, like pieces of plastic that you stick into the machine when you have a membership to get your bikes out. Mine had like split open and the little chip inside was falling out. I, I literally put the chip back and like hot glued it back together. Cause I was like, I am not replacing this. I don't want a blue bike key. <laughs> You know, got to keep it in the family. Um, but anyway, the numbers don't lie. Blue Bikes has seen exponential amount of new people riding on it. Bike shops have been out of bikes. You know, you were saying earlier that uh, bikes are finally back in stock so that people can buy them again. But literally bike uh, products, bikes in general, bike parts, everything sold out in 2021. Um, and so there's just this huge explosion. And with that explosion, of course, comes new infrastructure, thankfully, so that people feel more comfortable riding. So with all that being said, my favorites, and of course, there's a little bit of recency bias because, you know, I was trying to remember everything that changed in the last year. But I am still extremely excited about the uh, protected lane on the Mass Ave Bridge, even though I don't take it that often, just in general, I know. No, it's so good. I know it's how scary so, it is. I'm so thankful it's there. <laughs> I'm so glad it exists. There are times where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take the sidewalk because I don't want to cross the street just to ride in an unprotected lane and then cross the street again. Now I would totally do it because I have my own space. Um, so definitely a huge win there. Uh, the other one, you know, less recent was Harvard Square, obviously, for a sad reason. Unfortunately, there was a cyclist killed um, who was riding through Harvard Square. And whenever that happens, there's always the new infrastructure that comes in. But they have upgraded that whole area. Um, the bike lanes were a little confusing at first, but I think people are really starting to get it and appreciate it a bit more. And I do like that I have that bit of separation um, in between the two. And then coming out of Harvard, you know, if I'm coming from Alston and I go through the center and I need to go up Mass Ave, you then have the protected lane on the other side for a few blocks. Excuse me. And then very recently, the new protected lane and bus lane that's on the North Harvard, uh, excuse me, the uh, North Mass Ave side. North Mass Ave. Which is Yeah, that's what I mean. We just did that last week. Yeah. Actually. That one is super exciting. Um, cars are still a little confused about riding through there, but again, just like Harvard, like you just have to get used to it from a rider perspective and from a car perspective. Cause in the long run, having that separation makes a huge difference. And then my personal final win that I want to talk about is just the fact that we elected in Michelle Wu, someone who rides a bus, yeah. rides her bike, 
cares about all of that infrastructure, cares about making free bus fares for people, and knows that we need to improve all these systems to get us away from fossil fuels. So um, I'm just really excited about all of the changes that are continuing to come. We just had these vaccination mandates, um, and that's all coming out of her office. So, um, you know, just really excited. That was my my personal favorite thing that happened this year. What in the world of biking were, were your favorite things? Well, I'm not a Boston resident, uh, but I was really excited to see that Michelle Wu got elected, too. Um, we had the chance to ride, as I said, the new Mass Ave Bridge bike lane last week because we biked down to the old Bear Dens. And on the way back, Columbus Ave has this huge center separated bus lane. I don't know if you've ever tried to bike down Columbus Ave, but you were really taking your life into your own mm -hmm. hands. And we rode down the center bus lane all the way back to the Southeast Corridor. And I felt so safe. Aww. I've never felt safe riding a bike there. That was amazing. Yeah, I went to I went to Northeastern. And so Columbus is like one of the main streets that kind of surround the school. And yep. I didn't even like crossing the street back in those days. Like it was just not not good. No, it was terrifying. And so having that access for folks on the south side of the city where there's typically less mm -hmm. bike advocacy and less bike infrastructure was really huge. Uh, in the same vein, I've been really excited by the expansion of the, oh, I've lost the name of it. Come on, brain. Uh, Northern Strand. Oh, yes. The Northern Strand <laughs> was, a, you actually probably heard me talk about it the last mm -hmm. time I talked with you too, but goes all the way up to Lynn and is now, I think, actually finally finished. It's paved all the way. It took them a while because they were working on making sure that all of the road crossings were ADA accessible, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. But that now opens up a huge transportation, safe transportation corridor for a lot of folks. I and like that you're also sorry to interrupt for a moment, but I also like no, that you're talking about the ADA accessible because I think something that gets confused for people is they think, you know, people who are rough on bike lanes have a tendency to be like, well, it's just the bikers. We can't just improve things for bikes. But, you know, things like hearing about them making sure they had the ADA, you know, the, what is it? Um, com the curb yeah, I, I was going to say Americans Disability Act when we say ADA, just in case oh, anyone yeah. doesn't know what that means. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about making it accessible to everybody. Someone with a powered wheelchair can now access this path and get to wherever they're going because the northern strand cuts through a lot of those towns and could make it a lot easier for them to and, get around and again not just transportation but access to recreation the outdoors is for everyone it's not just for people who are able-bodied and can get exactly uh, and that's something that i am really really strident about you know curb cuts aren't just for bicycles mm -hmm. they're for everyone there's nothing that annoys me more than the uh, cars that park on sidewalks because they're trying not to block the lane uh, but then you can't get by Ugh. like how I just, oh, but anyway that's a whole different rant that's not what we're talking about we're trying to be positive anyway <laughs> I definitely didn't yell at a car the other day because it was parked in front of a curb cut out front of the Cambridge Public Library nope not me <laughs> uh, the other but other 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 uh, chunk of bike infrastructure that I was really excited about is 
in Medford, uh, across the bridge from Assembly Square, they just put in protected bike lanes going across that bridge. Uh, and I do laps of the Mystic River pretty frequently because I live really close to there. And the fact that you can now cross from Somerville into Medford without having to take the very narrow and frankly made of potholes and broken glass sidewalks and risk plowing into pedestrians, that's no longer a problem. And that's really exciting. It opens up access to Wellington for lots of folks so that they can get to and from the T-stop there. Uh, and it, again, just makes it safer for people to commute back and forth. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm excited that the vision is going to continue moving forward. It's never fast enough for my liking, but you know, every step forward is great. And we want to keep advocating for that. Um, something that I also want to hear from the listening audience is I'd love for any of you to go to my Instagram and feel free to, on the post for this episode, let me know what your favorite infrastructure updates were. We all live in different areas. We all bike different things and see different things a lot of times. So, you know, the infrastructure for us tends to be where we bike the most. I'd love to hear about some wins in other places. So feel free to, to, to chime in. I'm going to interact with the audience more. Um, you can also leave it in a review if you want for the show. Just throwing that out there, too. <laughs> I mean, let us know where we should be riding. Oh, yeah. We always need to broaden our horizons. I was thinking about that the other day. I was cutting from, um, I had just been at the climbing gym. Brooklyn boulders and I was trying to go to Cambridge bicycles because I needed to exchange something and the directions were trying to take me kind of back around and then all the way up Hampshire and then turn early and then down it was like this whole thing and I looked at it and I was like oh wait I know I can cut through the side street over here and skip a whole chunk of beacon and it's gonna be great and I was like I remember when someone showed this to me but it's not obvious unless you know it. And so it's just one of those moments where uh, I was like, oh, man, I'm so glad I knew about this. But you'd never know because Google would never send you this way. Can I just take a second to tell you mm -hmm. how frustrated I am with Google Maps cycling direction? Oh, no. I have a couple of friends who work for Google, and I have asked them who I can talk to about this. But there are... Uh, Revere Beach, going to and from Revere Beach is one of the big ones in my mind that every time I, I know how to do it because I go with Skull to see the Sandcastle competition, but where I bike safely at 10, 30, 11, 12, uh, you know, in the middle of the night is a very different story from if I want to go to Revere Beach in the middle of the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And Google Maps routes me onto 16 what? every single time. You can't ride a bicycle on 16. You can't ride a bicycle on the sidewalk because it's all tree routes and you're riding a roller coaster. Oh, wow. And there are lots and lots of routes that show up on Google Maps that are incredibly unsafe for cyclists. And if you're not somebody who is familiar with the area or you're new to cycling and you get taken on a route like that, that's a really surefire way to not want to cycle places oh uh that that could lead to some really frustrating experiences yeah i would imagine all right we're gonna start that campaign google there are two campaigns that i really want to start one google let's work on our maps they did add blue bikes that was pretty cool ride share in general to their maps um yeah which is 
is cool. My friend, my, I have a friend who works at Google too. She's in sales though, so she can't fix that. But she definitely sent me that link. She was like, look what we're doing. I just thought that was really sweet. She was like, look, you like bikes. Look, we're doing bike things. <laughs> I have a layer on my map from 80, uh, 80 Filson, who works for City of Cambridge, that has all of the Cambridge bike repair stations that oh, show up on Google Maps that's now. that's cool. I know about that. Um, I do really quickly want to plug an app called Bike Citizens uh-huh. that I have installed this year that is cycling-friendly routes, so you can have it record the way that you travel or record safe bike routes. That's an alternative to Google. I haven't used it a ton yet, but it's something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I guess it's more popular in Europe than it is here. Uh, oh, but I'm looking yes. forward to getting what was it called? Bike Citizen? On board here in the Northeast. What was it um, called? Because that seems like a, a neat alternative. Bike, was it Bike Citizen? Bike Citizens. Bike Citizens with an S at the end? Awesome. I'm definitely going to Yep. I'm gonna do that. The second campaign I want to start, just as a heads up for 2022, Harvard University in Alston, there are a bunch of dorms, and I want to start a petition to ask Harvard to create designated uh, rideshare pickup and drop-off locations, kind of like the airport does, so that they don't overflow arrivals mm-hmm. and departures, so that they're not just mm-hmm. parking in bike lanes near the intersections that I need to ride through, because it's always right past the um, Western Ave Bridge and the Cambridge Street Bridge. They're always right there. Not Cambridge Street. Um, uh, it's uh, Har- uh, on North Harvard and Western Ave. They they always, and they're parked yeah, so yeah, close yeah. to the intersection. Anyway, that's just a side note of something I would like to do. Just Can we advocating move for that. to make that a petition for all ride shares that they can't stop near intersections or squares? I know we talked about this um, before we started recording but I now commute through Davis Square mm-hmm. every morning, and I love that Davis Square has been narrowed to open up all this outdoor dining. But anytime somebody pulls over to double park so that somebody can get out, it now means that there are zero driving lanes and car doors opening on both sides of the road. And I only have so many eyeballs, and I can only swivel my head so fast. And I it's really the easiest way for me to get to work, but it also means that it's making going through Davis Square so much more challenging. And I'm sure other areas that have been turned into more pedestrian friendly dining experiences, walking experiences are also uh, dealing with similar circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a hundred percent need to do this, want to do this. This is my 2022 goals. Um, but I think that wraps up, our favorite infrastructure. Uh, We're going to take a quick break again. I'm going to go use the restroom real quick and we'll be right back with something that made us hopeful this past year and gives us hope in these trying times going into 2022. So we will be right back. And we are back again, um, ready to sit and record for a little bit longer. I really needed that break. So thank you for indulging. (laughs) Uh, this next section, you know, in this year end wrap up, I just kind of wanted to talk about something that gave us hope again, you know, I've I've definitely mentioned this more than once on this recording, but 
2020, 2021, this has been really hard years on all of us with the pandemic, with everything that's happening. Anxiety is at a high, tensions are at a high. So I just wanted to take a step back and remember something that gave us a little bit of hope going into this next year and into the future. So I went first last time. PQ, you're up. All right. Um, Well, we just talked about our favorite bits of infrastructure. And one of the things that gave me hope for this past year and going forward is that we got some of this infrastructure without casualties this year. Uh, We got Mm. this infrastructure because we've been fighting for it and because ridership has gone up (laughs) and the more that's a cyclical feedback the more infrastructure that happens the more people use their bikes for commuting for recreation uh the more infrastructure we get and that that's going to keep uh feeding back into itself which is so great and the other big thing was the program that you and i worked for this year through city of cambridge and through mass bike and through safe routes to schools Uh, and i was actually talking to a friend the other day who is working with safe routes to schools in Portland, Oregon. And the fact that there are these programs to help get kids on bicycles to make it safer for them to use their bikes in the same ways that we're trying to make it safer for adults is one of the things that makes me hugely hopeful. Uh, The third thing is I understand that the bill may not pass because of certain West Virginia uh, coal money people, but uh, Build Back Better shall not has... be named Senator. <laughs> uh, the Build Back Better bill has uh, an e-bike credit in it. And while I personally am not a huge fan of e-bikes for reasons that I don't need to get into, the fact is that making it easier for people to get electric assist, especially on long tail bikes where they can carry their kids or other cargo that might be awkward on a normal sized bike means less minivans and less cars on the road. And the less people that are driving their cars and the more people that are moving their kids or their bulky objects around on bicycles means that we're feeding back into making it safer for people to ride and teaching kids that they can, in fact, spend their life on a bicycle and not have to rely on uh, gas guzzlers to get around. Yeah, I, that's a big one for me too. I, I 100% agree with you. If we, you know, they gave tax breaks or tax credits or whatever you want to call it, rebates for years and years and years to cars, if we can just extend that to another form of transportation, that'll make a huge difference. It would be so cool. Um, what about you? What's making, what are you hopeful for? Uh, what's making well, you hopeful? I, I definitely would reiterate all the things you said. I think I I recently had a conversation with someone who they had made a comment about like, oh, well, you know, bike programs in schools are cool, but they just teach bike skills. And I was like, oh, actually, as someone who, you know, is one of those instructors, we actually do a lot about bike safety. And the response I got was, oh, good. I'm glad they've expanded that program. So to hear that, like, it, it's being recognized that like we're we're doing more and every year we do a little bit more to help these kids I think again that that also makes me really hopeful looking at these kids that we teach just in general learn a new skill or feel a little bit more comfortable riding around or just being more aware of bikes in general 
gives me so much hope when I look at them and I look at my nephews and I look at all that. So obviously the kids are our future, but the kids are all right. As they say, (laughs) the the kids are all right. But I also, um, uh, I've talked about next door a couple of times on this podcast. Uh, and as many people know, it can be kind of a cesspool of hate and it's this funny combination actually of, um, grandparents posting like so br- so proud of my grandchild look they graduated from college with like a picture and using it like a social network like a true social network and then there's people being like god it's christmas eve and they put all this salt on the ground watertown must have too much money and i was like why are you po-? like it's christmas eve why are you posting this really upset post about salt i'm annoyed with salt because my poor little dog can't walk on it but like let's take a deep breath anyway uh yeah i ate it real hard <laughs> on christmas oh Eve. no i was uh, cat sitting for a friend no 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 the, i mean yes i'm sorry i fell but i fell right in front of my house as opposed to in the middle of the street somewhere which would have been way mm-hmm. scarier were you uh, on your bike when you fell or did you just i sure was but i oh, was no. getting onto the sidewalk in front of my house and I just my tire rear tire caught the edge of the driveway I was going really Uh, slow I mm -hmm. my helmet did not make contact with the ground uh and I spent a lot of time practicing falling um yeah (laughs) so slippery out and I was really thankful for people salting the roads and sidewalks (laughs) Medford likes to pretend that my neighborhood doesn't exist so they don't actually take care of the roads here but that's okay oh Anyway, so where I was going with all of these thoughts is that I actually saw a thread on Nextdoor that made me feel hopeful about the future. And ironically, it was not about the youngins, but about older people advocating for bike lanes. So we had talked about this earlier, not on the podcast, but off mic, about this irony of like, yes, we want to teach these youth youths because then they'll grow up to be better bikers. But the 20-somethings are not the ones advocating for bike lanes because they think they're indestructible and it's not until you hit your 30s and beyond that you realize bike lanes and accessibility to all is great um so and did you get to work this summer with some of our older friends with the cambridge bikes program because um, i did it i did a couple of the um leading rides yeah 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 i really enjoyed uh part of the cambridge program that we worked on this year was working with folks who were 65 and up and getting them comfortable getting back on their bikes after periods of inactivity. One woman told me about how she was riding around Fresh Pond and she got tangled up in some off-leash dogs and fell and hadn't ridden in some time because of that. And so seeing people be able to get back on their bikes because we were able to help them or seeing those same people advocate on Nextdoor is so cool. Yeah, so there's this thread. I won't go through the whole thread, but basically one poster, um, you know, talking to someone else just said, uh, uh, you know, I just want to let you know in response to someone else's comment that these these pro bike lane regulars are very young. In other words, they have a limited they have limited life experience and less empathy. Um, The latter having nothing to do with their age, you know, just a nice cheap pot shot at us. Um, and then claiming that, you know, the people who discuss bikes are, are like Republicans wanting to own the Dems that, you know, all these youngins just want to 
own those who disagree with them talking about bike lanes. And then of course she tries to say that we're all uh, in it for the the money, which I'm not sure where that would come from. But but basically, long yeah, that's it. Short, I'm definitely getting to... paid by big bicycle, <laughs> by big bike, yeah. Um, but the idea is that the the 25 year old bike rider will not win the day, and you know it was just this person who is very anti bikes and just thinks we're all very very young, and it was just really gratifying. The the thing that gave me hope was all of the comments that came next. And so the comments immediately after that were, uh, you know, the first person being like, maybe you should ask for people's age and and life experiences before uh, assuming anything. Another person saying, I'm 60 and I've been riding my bike since I was 25. I know a lot about it. The next woman saying I'm 68 and I have lots of life experience and I can't ride anymore, but I still advocate for biking. Um, and you know, just comment after comment of all these people being like, I'm actually in my, my fifties, my sixties. I've lived in North Cambridge for 19 years. Uh, one woman who said I'm disabled now, but I'm 68 and I used to ride a bike and I think it's great that they're putting in all these lanes. So I just, I had this really like, I just felt so heartwarmed that like this person tried to be like, Oh, bike people are just young people. And then all these people in their sixties were like, no, 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 we all bike and biking is great. (laughs) It's like, it used to be much easier to bike in Cambridge when there were fewer cars. And now it's so car centric that without the addition of bike lanes, it's not actually that safe for people to ride anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I, so it, I, it, we were talking about this off camera or off mic that I'm a member of Cambridge Bikes and see a lot of similar commentary um, that there are a lot of folks who are really mad that Big Bike is trying to take away parking for people. Uh, this is also happening in Somerville, actually, especially on, uh, on and around the repaving of Highland Ave right now, that people are so mad that we're trying to take away their parking. Uh, to add bike lanes and people don't realize that uh, businesses are much more likely to be frequented by cyclists and pedestrians than drivers uh, because it mm-hmm. it's easier to get to places frankly we're not worried about being hit trying to cross the road or trying to park our bikes or trying to take turns or what have you yeah and if you put I, a bike I lane and I'm not out. riding in the center of the road anymore and we can actually share it I also try to point out that like when I'm on my bike, I'm much more likely to hit up like four different locations that are near ish to each other, but not walking distance from each other versus like, if I'm in my car, I'm going to go to one spot and then I'm going to go home because yep. it's too much to park a bunch of times. Um, so I always think about that too, but that was our moments of hope. We're going to take a quick, quick break and then we're going to come back. Um, with a fun segment that I think everyone will enjoy. So we'll be right back. All right, and we're back for our final segment today. I thought we could have a little fun. Um, Again, I know I I talk about Nextdoor, but there's some really just insane comments on there. So to round out this end of year podcast and, and to have a little fun, Um, I thought we could do some dramatic readings of just some of the most intense comments. Uh, I will not read the woman's name again um, for her privacy's sake. It would just be uncool to kind of put that out in the world. But 
Um, all of these comments are from one person. So I'm going to give a little bit of context and then I'm going to give the first dramatic reading and then PQ will pass it off to you. So these are all from the same uh, chat chain, uh, whole chain that was happening that has lots and lots of comments in it. And at some point, um, people were talking about helmet laws, which is never a good topic. I think all I said was, I'm just going to leave this here uh, and then put in data. A, it was kind of a, an overarching why helmet laws are not a great idea and why blue bikes has nothing to do with it. Because people were saying, oh, blue bikes is the reason that we don't have a helmet mandate. And I was like, well, actually, uh, rideshare bikes are pretty safe considering because they're these big honking bikes. Um, and so anyway, I used the phrase, I'm just going to leave this here. And so I just wanted to set that up as I, I read through this. So here's my dramatic reading of a response back to me on next door, which I should not be commenting on. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this here also. Why do cyclists find the idea of following the rules of the road, wearing a helmet, keeping children off those bikes, mandatory licensing and registration unfair or unnecessary. And then there are a lot of dots there, uh, more than ellipses. When automobile drivers have to follow the law by following traffic signals, wear a seatbelt, put a child in a regulation and approved child car seat, be licensed and registered, why, when they insist on sharing the same pavement, do they think they don't have to abide by the same laws? Are they allowed to drink and drive? Use a cell phone while driving also? They want to totally rearrange everyone else's lives while having no responsibility to the community and no consequences for wrongdoing. Oh, there's so much to unpack there. And I, I would like to say that I've had a bunch of conversations with friends recently about how drivers in the last two years have gotten so substantially worse at doing all of those things that they're not supposed to do while they're driving. Yeah. Uh, because people weren't sharing the road for so much of last year and weren't in a hurry. And I am so frustrated with how much more poor behavior I've seen Mm-hmm. It is. It's very frustrating. So then someone pointed out that most of the things she said are either regulations that already exist for cyclists or um, don't really apply. She was going on this tear about child riding with a child on a bike. Um, and despite telling her that going 10 miles per hour versus 60 miles per hour is a huge difference, uh, she's decided to make it her mission to make riding with a child illegal. Um, but yeah, there, she just there is a law on the books in Massachusetts that you can't ride with a child under the age of one year old. Yep. Um, and, and that they must be wearing a, a buck feet or something. Yeah, and they must be wearing. They have to be in a carrier. Yeah, and they have to be wearing a helmet too. Um, it's there, true. There are regulations for that, but anyway, so people tried to kind of point out the inaccuracies or help her understand because she also thinks that bikes and cars should be treated exactly the same, and when you point out that. Uh, bike is slightly different it doesn't matter but anyway this was her response back um and i'm gonna let you read this one you can skip the the you know to it's addressed to we'll leave that out sure uh but so and so and then there follow many dots i'm not sure seatbelt laws are needed either i 
I'm just saying, we all have laws we must abide by. Through life, I have observed that staying, parentheses, and often living, close parentheses, under the radar, many dots again, is the best way to go. It is my opinion that the biking community has already let the genie out of the bottle. With your righteous indignation, insistence on getting everything you want, many dots, even if it ruins many people's businesses, safety, and quality of life, many dots, you all might have brought too much attention to yourselves. You might have put yourselves in the very same place all us auto drivers have found ourselves in for a very long time. It brings to mind the poster in the DMV, many dots, driving is a privilege, not a right. Before you know it, you will all have to take bike riding tests, get your bikes inspected, and be up to your ears in all sorts of laws, just like us. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, just... I have to take a couple of deep breaths after I finish that, because I hadn't read it before I read it out loud, and now I'm real mad at this person. And uh, I, like you said off recording, I think we need to go deliver her some cookies. She sounds like she needs a hug or something. I, she, this is all in one chain, and I just, I, I feel bad for this woman. I know that's not what she wants. She does not want my pity. I'm certain of it. But yeah, I, I just think she needs a hug. I think she had to stay home for the holidays, and she was sad. But anyway, there's no suggestion you know to her. Needs? What? And maybe this is what the RMV needs. A thing that I'd really like for drivers to get as part, part of the licensing procedure, and I've had driver's licenses in several states, is now that um oh gosh come on brain uh what's the video game thing where you wear the helmet and you uh like vr headsets yeah now that vr headsets are so popular i would love it if all drivers as part of driver's ed or part of their licensing test had to experience a cycling simulation oh um, kind of where like you Oh, sorry, go ahead. You get this immersive sitting on, not necessarily a saddle, but sitting there and hearing traffic and seeing cars take these tight turns in front of you um, and, and feeling what it feels like to be a cyclist so that they understand that we're actually just trying to not get killed by people's very large weapons. Right. They, uh, they refuse to obey the laws and drive. Yeah. Sometimes, I... not all the time. Most cars are reasonably okay but when you look over and you see that the person on the in, driving the car next to you is on their cell phone and trying mm -hmm. to take a right in front of you uh well you know i don't have to tell you <laughs> yeah they, there's this great video of bus drivers and they're on a trainer and then the the their fellow bus driver like drives the bus next to them um like drive uh -huh. like in a parking lot comes past passes them like they're in a bike lane and they're just on a stationary mm -hmm. bike they're not going anywhere and a couple of them like get off of the trainer and run away because they're like, oh my God, that bus is way too close to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, how do you think it feels when you're riding and you can't get off of it? Like, anyway. Um, yes. yes. And I, I sure wouldn't 100%. advocate for it to be on a trainer because I know that there are people who drive because they have physical limitations. Right. But I do think that having more people experience what life is like on two wheels surrounded by four or six or other many wheeled vehicles. Um, might inspire some compassion for why we behave in some ways. I know. Yeah. And that's why the tagline of this podcast is bringing humanity back to conversations around biking. Um, excellent. All right. So we have two more that I want to make sure we get to. So to set up this next comment, 
I, we had been talking about this new cyclist, the new bike light that had gone in on Mass Ave, North Mass Ave near um, Arlington. And I had made a comment that uh, hopefully people start to recognize that there's a new bike light there because there hasn't been great compliance because it's brand new infrastructure. So I made a comment that, you know, even though I feel safer, I still check to make sure that cars aren't making an illegal ride on red because why wouldn't I? I just need to check, right? And it was also meant to be kind of a subtle, like, yeah, yeah, you should still check for things. Like when you make your right turn and you're worried that a bike's going to go through that red light, maybe look for them because um, that's what I'm doing with cars. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I you was, mean, these mirrors are here for a reason. I was just trying to, you know, make a comment and still point out that cars can be dangerous and that they break laws. And the, this is this was the response I got back. As far as still checking, little quotations, even when I have the right of way, too many dots. We all do that, whether walking or driving. You don't think we trust people, do you? With my life or the lives of my family, I trust no one. <laughs> that was the comment where I specifically was like, "Oh God, you need a, you need a hug." Okay, oh <laughs> like I, if you don't trust anybody. How have you managed to drive thus far, or eat know. food in restaurants, I don't or know. I? Yeah, wow, consumer uh, protections, lady. Yeah, They're better for you. I know. And then, so this final, this final comment, again, as I said at the beginning, she's been going on kind of this tear recently. She's decided to fixate on babies and bicycles. And as we just said, there are laws surrounding it. There are safety things that you have to do. There are very safe ways to ride with children, which we've both done with our own nephews. Um, my, my nephews have been riding for as long as it was legal to put them in a, a trailer. Um, but anyway, so this was her response back uh, when people again tried to point out that it was safe to do. Um, um, and I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. <clears throat> Helmet wearing is not a law. Too many dots. What should be. Too many dots. Just like it is a law to wear a seatbelt. I'd like to refer you back to her previous comment where she says she's not sure that wearing a seatbelt should be a law. I think um, she's being sarcastic, baby. but yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Babies can be put in boxes, which are dragged behind bicycles, parentheses, many of which are too low to be seen by a driver, close parentheses, I actually have feelings about that too, but this yeah. is not the place. Mm -hmm. Too many dots. This form of baby transport is not against the law, but should be. Why are we so concerned with the regulation car seats in cars, but we let babies be transported on bikes with no oversight? Are the babies on the bikes less important than the babies in the cars? The above two examples do not represent, parentheses, rules of the road, sorry, not parentheses, quotation marks, but they should be. As for the current rules of the road, too many dots, the rules which auto drivers must obey or suffer the consequences, too many dots, why don't the cyclists have to obey these laws and suffer the same consequences for non-compliance, too many dots, as drivers of cars? <laughs> Lady, I would like to refer you back to the tickets I have gotten on a bicycle. You can kindly pay them for me. Uh, that would be great. Thanks. Also, I just love suffer the consequences. You might get a ticket, and most of the time you won't. <laughs> like she makes it sound like they're just being persecuted. 
Um, but yeah. Right, so because the consequences that bikes suffer are definitely way less consequential than cars. No, wait, never mind. Because if you have a bike and a car and an altercation, well, uh, again, I don't have to tell you or our dear listeners how that ends. Yeah. So this woman, these are this is a fair representation of most of her comments on Nextdoor. And I just find her very entertaining. So I hope the listener at home enjoyed these dramatic readings. Um, and that's going to round out this episode. I'll come back at the end with a couple of upcoming ride plugs. But PQ, thank you for taking time on a Monday morning after the holidays to to chat with me. This is going to come out this week. So um, yeah, thank you for being here. And thank you for being my new friend and, and coming and doing these recordings with me. I hope we get to teach together next year and hang out some more and do some more rides. There are very few things that I enjoy more than getting to talk to you about bicycles and talk to children with you about bicycles. So I'm really glad that I got to get to know you this year and I look forward to getting to know you better and going riding with you and Watson and boy, your teardrop trailer that is the coolest thing on the face of the planet. We do uh, have to take it in. camping this year. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait. <laughs> Actually, sorry, before we finish our recording, is there any big 2022 plans that you're excited about or anything that you want to put out there for the next year? Uh, for myself personally or yes. just in general? Well, both, but either. Um, I don't know yet. I, I am looking forward to taking more on-bike vacations in the coming year. I hope that becomes easier. I really, really, really want to do the, um, gosh, no, of course, no, again, I can't remember what it's called. But they're similar to the XNAT. There's the gravel trail that you can take through Maryland, all, through Pennsylvania and Maryland, all the way to DC. Um, oh, the I like to ride my bicycle places. The, oh, oh, shoot. One of them's the B and O, and one of them's the Gap. Yes, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah, Gap is like the one I haven't do done. That. Uh, this year, there's a whole bunch of new infrastructure in New York City and New York State that I'd love to check out. Um, I, yeah, I really just want to be able to ride more bikes with more of my friends and maybe spend a little bit more time taking vacations and sleeping outdoors. Yeah. My nephews, we, we slept outdoors with them in a tent in their backyard earlier this past year so that I can start prepping them to do cycle touring in the future, actually. Yes. Uh, the having these gravel options with not a ton of road crossings means that you can do more long distance trips with your small humans. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's a thing that I'm deeply looking forward to. Uh Uh, And someday artisans asylum will reopen in Alston and skull will have new headquarters. And yes, that's, that's going to be great. We talked about that last time. So many more dumb bicycles. (laughs) I love all of that. I think for me, I just want to do more long distance next year. I didn't do as many long rides um, between transitioning with having a dog and figuring out what to do with him if I do go out for several hours. And he's now much better crate trained than he was last summer. So, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting out for longer rides with people, which will be really fun. Um, But speaking of little nephews, 
mine keeps searching for me so I can go watch a movie with him. So I think we should wrap up this recording and thank you so much for being here. All right. Thank you again. Please give the people what they want. Tell them about the really neat rides that you're planning to do in the next uh, few weeks that they can join you on and then go enjoy your movie and the rest of your day. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for hopping on first thing in the morning with me. Bye everyone. I'll be back with some plugs in a few minutes. Happy new year, y'all. Hi everyone. I'm back recording solo at my house again. Um, I wanted to do a couple of plugs. First, my hot chocolate ride that was supposed to be this Sunday is actually going to get pushed. I apologize between the crappy looking weather coming up. It's supposed to be very rainy and um, the spikes in COVID cases, you know, post holiday. It just seemed a good idea to push that to January 30th. So listen out for more plugs about that in the future and I'll have more information about all of that but apologies uh, if anybody was looking forward to that I will not be doing that ride right away um, but it is still coming this year because I want to celebrate New Year's with everybody and then um, the big plug I do still want to make is the Bicycle Film Festival this is a virtual event you can watch it in your own home away from others if that's what you want or um you know what i'll be doing is having a little uh viewing party at my house with a friend on monday so i'm looking forward to watching these myself because i haven't had a chance to do that yet so big shout out to the bike film festival i also created a little short video that will be in the intro to everything um so take a look out for that i I was proud of how it came out considering i'm still at the beginning of my filming career um and that of course is uh put on by mass bike um, with the support of common wheels and nemba which is the new england mountain bike association if people aren't aware of that one as well and that is all of the plugs I hope everybody has a happy New Year's. Uh, That comes from me and Watson. We want you all to mask up, boost up, and rapid test if you need to, to go hang out with friends and family. We want to see you all on bike next year. Uh, I hate to have to push things or reschedule things because of spikes and cases. So make sure to be safe out there so that we can all hang out together next year in 2022. And again, from me and Watson... Have an awesome New Year's. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, everyone. Thank you to PQ for coming and chatting with me on this end of year wrap up episode. The theme and music is, as always, by the extremely talented Kate Hardly. That is Hardly with no E H A R D L Y. Uh, You can go to her bandcamp, katehardly.bandcamp.com. Her album West is on there. It's incredible. I've listened to it. Definitely go check it out. The podcast is hosted, produced, recorded, and edited by me, Laura Jillian, with, of course, the honorable mention to Watson the Bike Dog for his contributions throughout the show. For more information about the show and biking, you can visit my website, randonista.com, and follow my adventures in biking and more behind the scenes of the pod at randonista on Instagram and YouTube. And of course, Watson's Biking Adventures at Watson the Bike Dog on Instagram. And if you like the show, please rate and review it on any podcast app that you can. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And now, your Watson moment. Oh.
And then we'll, we'll be able to... <laughs> I knew that was about to happen. Um, I could hear the door open downstairs. That's perfect. We got it. Um, hold on one second. Let me release the dogs. All right. Well, the release two of you, the hounds. Two of you go downstairs, huh? Go downstairs. Go say hi. Okay. Shut the door. They were doing so good. I was so proud of them. But I knew this day was going to come. This moment was going to come where the family would come home. 